chance. Not happening, my son. How you doing? Friday. Yeah, man. No work this weekend, so it's. I'll be looking forward to this weekend. Work for me though. So I'm not working this weekend. I work for you as long as it's not this weekend. <laughs> There's no chance. You've been busy this week. Um, Grafting yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Doing the usual shit, you know. The same old, same old, <laughs> as I always say. But, um, yeah, I've got to work this weekend, get a couple of jobs finished off because oh, yeah. I'm starting a new job. I don't know if I want to start this job, but I'm doing it. You so. know, if you're working the weekend and you know you're doing it on Monday, hmm. does that wreck your week? Mm, well, if I'm starting a new job Monday and I'm finishing no, off no. of a job. You know you're working Saturday and Sunday and you know on Monday. Does that it does to me? No, it's just, uh, I d- it depends. It depends on... If, to be honest, I, only if there's something decent happening at the weekend, that's when I'll be gutted. But otherwise, it's just another day. So, I mean, I've got to work. That's Simple a, as. It's the thing, because like, it's like if something's happening, like someone's having a barbecue and it's going to be a good piss up or something. If you're, dri- if you're driving straight away in the morning, you can't. It's too dodgy, isn't it, man? Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's risky, isn't it? Can't yeah. risk it for a biscuit. No, yeah. I mean, you could end up being out to like two in the morning. There's like I say, there's that moment where there's no like I, I might get merrily drunk tonight. It's kind of I'm not getting drunk or I'm getting absolutely blasted. It's one or the other, isn't it? And you always get to that stage where you go, oh, I have another twelve now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so that's how it rolls. And I don't, I hate the feeling as well. The next day, I'm like a fair weather drinker now. Do I you don't know what I mean. I don't know if it's different because we both do physical work, but and obviously we're getting older, sort of thing. But I, I do, older. I do. But not like getting, oh, but I do get pissed on normal nights. But you I mean, were pissed last Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <coughs> was I? I was hammered last Saturday. I can't remember. Was I pissed that Saturday? Well, I think you were. I was hammered. I was. I was nearly fell over a few times. Did, what, on the uneven ground. Oh, I'm trying to remember where, what was going on. The, the bonfire thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't. I was thinking. Well, how, how do you know I was pissed? Because I was next to you. That's yeah, how yeah, drunk yeah, you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't even remember. No, it wasn't that. No, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was pissed. I mean, we pro- I probably had about, I don't know, five, six cans, I, I suppose. Some of that, maybe more. Oh, you weren't then? I, I wasn't really pissed, but I know you you were, yeah, because you were saying it, but, but you think it was because of tiredness and stuff as well. That's my excuse. Yeah, I'm yeah. tired as a newt. I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pissed as a newt. I mean, um, tired as a newt. Yeah, yeah. Time cool. to go home. It's the uneven ground that's what was making me, like the old man, I, I, tread, I don't know what it was. And he put his hand out to catch me, and I was like, I need to go home now. <laughs> yeah. That's the line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. Uh, I'll get my coat. I came straight back from London, had a beer, didn't even bother getting change, went straight up, full work clothed. <laughs> yeah, it was good, man, though. <laughs> no food. I ate on Friday, and they didn't eat again until Sunday. Good work. Which is probably not a good idea. It's all right. Never mind. It's like a snake. Yeah, I suppose, in some respects. Except for the snake, don't get pissed for two days. But I'm six foot long, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm the size of a snake. <laughs> oh dear, Jeff Voss. Jeff Jeff Voss. Yeah, um, he sounds like um, like a hair product person. Like he sells like a Jeff Voss range, like like shampoo or something. Or it's got a hair salon. Yeah, yeah. Sheila Moore. Sheila Moore. Um, she she um, is the daughter of a of a Roger. Roger Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Yeah, it could be Patrick yeah. Moore. Uh, who's better, Roger or Patrick? Well, the thing is, they're different areas, aren't they? Yeah. One's I suppose acting, Patrick, one's, one's taking the piss, really, and Star Trek and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the monocle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Go for Roger Moore's daughter. Yeah, all right, you'll have that. Lewis Hamilton. I mean, well, we, know, we know what he does. Yeah, well, he's clearly just an F1 racer, so... He's literally Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, talking of uh, F1 racers, we're... um. I say we're sponsoring a go-karter. Hey. <laughs> but when we, when I say sponsor, I mean giving them some stickers. Not not Lewis Hamilton. Imagine that on his foot. <laughs> just next week on the F1. No Elijah. Yeah. Got, I've got a surprise. Watch this. What? <laughs> Robots for eyes vehicle. sticker on the front of, a, of an <laughs> F1 car. How much would that cost, reckon? What, for a sticker? a sticker on an F1 car? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You'd have to remortgage your house, I reckon. No, I've got another way around it. Design some lightweight, ultra lightweight sticker. I've got another way around it. I'm going to apply for a job as one the person who changes the tyres. Practice hard, hard, and do that, and then just one day when they come into the pits, go tire on, go. Ah, you got to go. <laughs> do that, and then you probably make them crash. It unbalance the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turn it upside down. Fun to stick on <laughs> yeah, the edge, yeah. man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's too weighted on the front. Of the nose cones dragging <laughs> on the floor. What ball of flames? First <laughs> yeah. corner. Cause of accident. Asking accident investigation. It seems to be a sticker. A sticker yeah. Could happen, mate. You could get away with it, couldn't you? If you were one of those, and you, just, and you put the tire on, you know it's like three seconds, and you can fuck mango as they go out. It probably violates lose some, your job, but yeah, I'd be going back. It probably violates some mad contract, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably. Like advertisement or like you know some sponsorship deal. Yeah, yeah, it probably would. It probably go to prison. I don't want to be associated with them. I don't blame them to be honest. Neither do I. Imagine yeah. being us. Yeah, I know it's must, it's horrible. <laughs> Harry Glasgow, um, he's Scottish. Sorted. That's Simple. it. Scottish yeah. makes haggis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scottish beastie. <laughs> Uh, I think um, I think that covers oh no we've got to do social media bollocks haven't we you'll find us just go google us simple as robots for eyes google it'll come up the end let's get on with the pod yeah let's do it man credit to John Stratton on this one. Right, okay, cool. Because what what I do, what we do is we have like um a list of suggestions. Some of like it's massive. Some of them we put on ourselves. Why is it hanging out? It's a bit like the snake from earlier. <laughs> yeah, we're brothers. It runs in the family. <laughs> <laughs> so like um it's quite a long list. I some we put on ourselves and obviously you guys give us suggestions and we bang them on and I haven't been writing down if who where they come from, so they just and I look in it, I go, yeah, do that. So I saw him, yeah, yeah. the embassy siege. I thought that's oh, we're having that one. Let's do that. That's different. And I didn't even think. I didn't even think. I thought, oh, god, that was a good suggestion for me to put that on that list. Fucking it was it? Yeah, it's taking claiming all and credit. The Stratton I went, oh, you're doing one of mine, are you? And I was like, yep, yeah, okay, full credit to yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have appeared from somewhere, not from me. So if we do, if we cover things and people. So, you know that's that's Ben's done that as well. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? So maybe, um, maybe we should write the name down next to the suggestion next time. That's what I mean. So <laughs> simple as, isn't it? So you're we're still learning. We're still learning, everyone. Get, oh yeah, every day's school day. You'll get retroactive credit for whatever episodes we do. <laughs> retroactive. So if, so if you if we've done one that we did if if we did a, a um an episode six months ago that's one of yours, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Give a shout out. Yeah, we'll just yeah we'll just say something. Don't know what. Yeah. Well, Cheers. Yeah. Simple as. Stop moaning. Stop moaning, yeah. You've been constantly harassing us, telling us that you it was your episode. Bollocks. So, um, to the Iranian embassy siege. Yeah, part two, motherfucker. Part two, bitches. Operation Nimrod. Ben's father-in-law 
was at the siege. Mm-hmm. He was a um, special patrol in the special patrol group. Nice. Which is pretty fucking cool, that. Something's, uh, was he special, as in like special needs, or was he uh, special as in he had guns? Well, there's a certain percentage of the police force that they have to diversify and allow special needs people to come in, and he was the wheelchair coppers. Oh, was he? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're only messing. So he, ha- he ran around with a shooter, basically? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's got some, some cool pew, stories. Pew, pew, pew! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit, a uh, bit like um, when you're like two or three, isn't it? But yeah, you were banging into soldiers when you were young, weren't you? Yeah. You used to little. Did we talk that? Did we say that last week? Can't remember. Can't remember. But I used to shoot them with rubber bands and nine pretend they were like rocket school and soldiers. Stuff, yeah. yeah. You had thousands, literally thousands of them. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And we used to get like I used to get marbles and roll it like like it's like a. Used to do all sorts and smash them up, didn't I? So where are they all now? Probably in the garden, like in the mud somewhere. So it'll be so like... I used to go outside, didn't I? Make yeah. like hills and like yeah. proper shit, man. Made it to a proper war scene. Yeah. Next, If I carried on now, I'd be there with like a, a tactical table going, nope, this one needs to... <laughs> we'll do a, a, a precisely 12.06, we're going to do a counter-attack at this angle. Drawing out your own plan. Pew, pew! <laughs> so we might as well get back into the embassy. So yeah, yeah. at the time of the siege, nobody knew who the SAS was. They were pretty much unknown. In the general public, uh, like the vast majority of people outside, of, I mean, some people knew, but it was kind of like whispers. You know what I mean? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Knew. But after the siege, every fucker, everybody knew. I mean, okay. you couldn't hide it. I think, in some respects, that's probably. Do you think that's more intimidating? Having knowing that there's elite groups of soldiers like this. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think. Are you on about it as as people seeing it on telly? How are you approaching any, it? Any potential terrorist or yeah, from any the country potentially that's going to do any wrongdoing? Uh, on not like real next level sort of well, stuff. Well, if if, I, if you're the person who's doing the wrongdoing, then yeah, because you'd be going, hmm, you know what I mean? Maybe we should double think about trying to cut off the Queen's head or something. You know what I mean? Or is it like a kick up the arse to to countries that are have that have wars in them that these these people could be potentially operating? Without them knowing, I think I think it's a case of uh, of both. I mean, I think everyone feels threatened, um, not in a way that they're just going to come in and murder us for no reason, but like that if something goes like they decide to do something a bit shady, there's a chance that these fellas might fly in and like don't know, just ninja kick them or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, bitch slap them to death. Yeah, that's that's the way they'll do it. So this they're still surrounded in mystery, even though people know that they exist today. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the raid itself that we're going to talk about in a bit. This is what, from what I can tell, from the research that I've done, this is a, about the, uh, the the most correct sort of timeline of events and how it occurred. But the actual, what actually happened on the inside, it, you'll probably never really know mm-hmm. exactly because they're not going to tell you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pretty much every single country around the world that has a special force unit based theirs on the model of the SAS, which okay. I thought was pretty fucking badass. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because they're the original special special forces. First, f- as far as I could tell, the first ones, first unit of elite soldiers in modern day history. Because you got like, I'm not sure if the samurais are. Do you know what I mean? But there's historical badasses out there. Um, I suppose, yeah. I suppose samurais and stuff. If you went back to like China and all that, uh, and probably further back to other places, like, I think Mongolia had um, a bit of a, a bit of um a team, didn't they, back back in the day, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. So, And it's the same sort of things, but without guns, isn't it? They're just going in and going, right, I'm a badass, I'm going to kill six people, and then mm-hmm. you see me and fuck off. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Now you see me. Now you don't. Now, yeah. 
they're the um, sort of the most respected elite force in the world. And it's, it sounds like a lot of this is going to sound like that we're, we're sucking the SAS off because obviously we're English, but we're not. I mean, I don't really know a lot about it until I start researching these subjects. And it does seem that they are top of the crop. Mm. They've been around a lot. They're the gold standard, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They've even been hired by other countries to come in and sort like lots hostage of that, situations out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's lots of that going on. Their motto is, he who dares wins. Ah. And 12 other special forces units around the world that have got ties to the SAS also use that. And there's three regiments. We'll do a little bit about the SAS before we get into it, just to give you a, a bit of background of who they are. Because we didn't do that last week, because we had a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. So you've got three regiments. You've got 21st SAS, 22nd SAS, and they're the lads that were sent into the Iranian embassy to sort that shit out. And then you've got the 23rd SAS. And it was formed back in World War Two on the 1st of July, 1941. Okay. Because at the time, there was like a desperate need to have small, you know, isolated, clandestine groups of blokes operating behind enemy lines totally cut off and on their own mm-hmm. and, and they also were encouraged to think for themselves as opposed to following strict orders yeah okay Do you know what I mean? and, and i think as well like these small groups of lads operating behind and deep behind enemy lines like real deep small groups are sometimes more dangerous than large platoons because mm-hmm. they can just sort of move around on the sly you know what i mean and yeah. cause real fucking damage and there tends to be as well from uh, it's not just the SAS. A lot of these gr- small covert groups, when they do kick off in other countries, the the blokes that they're fighting think that they're fighting a fucking army. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there's only like four of them there. <laughs> Isn't there another group? I don't know if this is true. F S F S. It's SBS, the Special Boat Service, which is kind of like the Navy SEALs. Right. Okay. Why are you smiling? I just found that funny. <laughs> special boat surface. Why? I don't know. I just found it funny. I just uh, special air service. Special boats. SAS is special air service. I suppose. <laughs> so, have you ever seen um uh um extras with Ricky Gervais? Yeah. And he's got oh, um, well, uh, number one listener. Ross. Yeah, yeah. Our number one listener. And you got Ross Kemp on it. <laughs> no. And he's uh, like, have you seen, seen that, that episode? It's, no, he's, he know. pretends to be like hard because you know all this stuff he's oh, doing. Kemp. Yeah, because you know he's doing all this stuff. Fuck off, Grant Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously an act. It's obviously an act, but he's like, you know, going, yeah, I've done this and done that. I'm hard, you know what I mean? He goes, uh, do you know what SAS stands for? And he says, Super Army Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Film that, yeah, it's brilliant. (laughs) It just made me chuckle because I was just thinking of all the the um, the abbreviations that just propped into my head. Well, they weren't initially called the SAS. They were called um, L Detachment Special Air Service Brigade in the Second World War. Right. And alphabetically, because it was L Detachment, that sounded like there were many other units of yeah. these motherfuckers. There's, there's like a, a B Detached or yeah, a C yeah. Detached. Yeah, yeah. Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was kind of like to intimidate the enemy, but it, there, there was only one group. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And it was briefly disbanded after World War Two, as was a fucking shitload of stuff. Because I mean, we were rebuilding cities. There wasn't... Nobody was fighting each other. I think it kind of got, I think it got scaled back, and they're like, "We don't need these fellas anymore." Mm. But um, it actually turns out that we did. So they kind of got, they got back together in 1950. Right. Okay. Like a comeback tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you do. You know I mean? There's a lot of that going on at the moment. It's no comeback tour from people. So. Yeah. You know Spice I mean? Girls are reforming. Yeah, apparently so. It's funny because I'll go and see them. Um, just get absolutely blasted. Oh, take them on the world and the really one. Fuck off. <laughs> Um, there's um, well, it's funny that because you got the retour of that, right? And um, and then you got um, is it I think Baby Spice, 
Um, she's released a, she's released a, a song or something now. Baby Spice. Imagine, one that, imagine nowadays, Toddler Spice. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, it's the one that's wearing the skirt with the pigtails. Hang on a second. What was this? A Sporty Spice? Um, <coughs> scary Spice? Yeah, she fucked the other one as well. Uh, um, the soulless one, Ginger Spice. Who? What? Sporty? No. Scary. Scary? Give it the old fish hook I did though. Yeah. I know. Went muff diving. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's what you know. That's you know, girl power and all that. <laughs> yeah, and then you got posh. Yeah, you can't be asked because she's fucking minted to hell and just and she's shit. Yeah, yeah. We've got her own fashion range. I don't want to sing anymore. And I've got David Beckham with all his money and basically conquering America now. You know what I mean? So, well, just actually, get a <laughs> yeah. They should just get a really actually a proper posh person. Just get Chavy Spice in. So or, I tell you spice. what I want. That's a really really want. <laughs> So the SES, they recruit twice a year, summer and winter. That's like their two training courses. Yeah, yeah. And they, I think it's voluntary. Like, you can volunteer for it, but it tends to be sort of, you know, around 200 of the baddest soldiers enter. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fight. See, the thing is, I read that it was five months of brutal training, but there's also different figures. And there's, I know there's a few lads in the armed uh, the armed forces. They'll be able to probably fill us in on everything that we get wrong in here. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's something like five months, I think. And the pass rate is approximately 10%, sometimes okay. less. So okay. yeah, 20 lads at best get through. And if no one passes, that's no one it, passes. Yeah. That's it, yeah, you're not, you're not, we're not picking the, the highest 20. You've got you've to yeah. pass it to get in. Yeah, yeah. you've got to pass a standard. If you don't, you're not, you, that's it. Some people train for three years just to have a crack at this. Oh, right, okay. So it's yeah, hardcore. Yeah. Well, they do weeks of hardcore trekking over the Brecon Beacons, um, and you've got to complete each trek with a backpack on in a specific time. But each day... The, the uh, distances increase and okay. the uh, backpack weight also increases, but you still got to hit the times. And the final trek is something like 40 miles long. And you're carrying a 60-pound rucksack in full combat gear with all the kit and, you know, the gun, rifle, everything you're going to need. I don't know what they're moaning about. It's a piece of piss, isn't it? I do that work every day. Yeah. Come on, lads. Sort yourself out. Me, I'm going to put up a ladder with a kettle. You know what I mean? I don't mean like a drip one with making tea. I mean, full of paint, you know what I mean? Yeah. See, that's exactly the same as an elite it special is. forces. It is, I'm telling you. Selection program. It's just a paintball version. So you've got to remember that when they do this final, that 40-mile trek, I, I didn't actually, I should have really found out how quickly they've got to do it. Didn't find out. It's probably about an hour they've got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've but got 15 minutes. <laughs> what? They've already been at the physical limit for weeks at this point. Yes, they're exhausted and... Well, they might not be, but they, they, they should are. be. They are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more like it's more like can your mind take it? And yeah, they say yeah. like if you're fit enough to be an infantry soldier, then you're fit enough to begin selection and training. Okay. And they're not looking for supermen at that point, but if you have a superman inside you, they yeah. will find it. If you want mental superman, and yeah. they can spot that out. Yeah, like Iron Man or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like Christopher Reeve style. No. It's not very useful to them anymore. No. That, Paint. Would, be, that would be good though, wouldn't it? You have, have one of those walking around. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> twat, twat. Yeah. They say pain is an illusion and it will pass and you can do more. And that's true, man. You can do it's more. not if you get shot in the fucking eye. Yeah. I mean, that's what I sp- yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And you're bleeding to death. You go, it's just an illusion. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had your head cut off. Yeah. All in fucking videos on the lad's cage. <laughs> nice. So actual real, real world situations have seen soldiers, SAS lads, run 200 miles and not eat or sleep for seven days, like, behind enemy lines. Then I was in Iraq, and they had to, like, well, it looks like we've got to run to Kuwait. Uh, let's just get going then, yeah? Yeah, I suppose if it's the only option, it's either that or fail or die, then that's what you've got to do. Yeah, yeah. And if you pass a selection, you're then sent to Brunei for jungle training. 
And you better not be gay because Brunei and Oh, is that the recent one, isn't it? Yeah, they fucking idiots. They're going to stone you to death, apparently, if you're a bender over there, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what they said. But that, that, Any I mean, fucking benders out there, we're going to stone you to death. Well, apparently, the law before, um, obviously, they were forbidden to have gay people there before. Um, but but that was the law was put in by us. What? Yeah, yeah. We made the law up I'm not a that. long time ago when we basically colonised and when we were idiots. Then. When we yeah, and then still are. And then obviously they've decided um, now that you know they're going to. It's all it's kind of um, Muslim um, uh, um, strict Islamic law. law yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where it's come from. It's just fucking nuts. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, when I saw that on the, on the news, I was like, really? We and cut your arms off as well if you get caught thieving and all that kind of stuff, aren't they? It's stone you to death. Stop them thieving, won't it? Um, if they have both their arms Not if you're starving, off. man, and you need some food for your family. You've got to do some, sh- what if do you some have, shit. What if you've thieved four times, right, and have cut all your limbs off? And you go, well... You've got to maggot it across the floor. Yeah, but what, they can't cut any more limbs off, so you go, ah, I got you there. Just Even though you're like just basically like a um, I don't know a, um, a, some sort of doormat, your torso thing. man, yeah, then. yeah, it's a torso man, some sort of a draft excluder or something. There's a documentary on Netflix called Torso Man, and it's fucking amazing. It's amazing, just a bloke with no arms and no legs, and like how he gets around, and it's it is quite an inspiring thing to there watch. There was something I heard that about a person rolling a cigarette with his mouth or something. Yeah, you can put it all in and roll it with his mouth because he had no arms or legs. This geezer's good on the Xbox, and he's got no arms and legs. Really? Yeah. How does he do it? You'll have to watch Torso Man on Netflix. Out now. <laughs> Out now. So the SAS, they also do resistance to interrogation training for 36 hours straight. Beatings, mind games, waterboarding, stress position, the full works. They take you to the edge, try and make you crack. You know, you forget who you are. You don't know why you're there. They seemed like the BBC did something called SAS, are you tough enough? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not really what they do but it's sort of a little bit like it, and it's still brutally hardcore. Right. If, if you fail selection in the SAS, you can never reapply for it. That's it. Oh, so you got one chance. One chance only. That's why people train for three years. They want to get in. One chance to get in. Crazy. Don't fuck about. And one of their specialities is counter-terrorism. And I've got a couple of examples here. Uh, the um, one called Operation Magic Fire, which is on October the 18th, 1977. It was That was a Lufthansa Flight 181. Four Palestinian terrorists hijacked the jet with 86 people on board. Mm -hmm. And the SAS were called in to help the German GSG-9 commandos plan the assault. And there were four four fatalities, three terrorists, and and the pilot, one terrorist, got got out alive. Right, okay. Um, More recently, I think this is on either the 15th or 16th of January this year. It was in Nairobi, the Nairobi Hotel Massacre. Al-Shabaab terrorists stormed the building. They killed 21 people, and they took something ridiculous like... 700 people hostage. I mean, come on, lads. Yeah. You're going to have to have a lot of terrorists that contain 700 people. Yeah, yeah. And there happened to be an unnamed SAS soldier training special forces in Kenya at the time. Okay. He wasn't like... He, he, he was he just went, training there. Sort he of went thing. shopping, apparently, and he heard the gunfire. Yeah. And he's obviously got his kit with him, so he just ran to the old boot of the car, got his gear out, and then just charged in. Do you think... um? Just went in alone. Do you think he... Well, he must have obviously spoke with the authorities and went, look, my name's Dave, whatever. I'm part of the... Uh, not Gary, because Gary wouldn't be a uh, SAS soldier. But Dave. Um, um, and said, look, I'm part of the SAS. Here's my ID sort of thing. Uh, SAS card. Yeah, yeah, SAS card. Do you do discount for SAS, <laughs> SAS cards? <laughs> um, but... Um, do you think they would have... Sp- he would have spoke to the... Obviously, he must have spoke to yes. the authorities and said, look, well, this pre- is me. 
I've se- I've trained for this loads of times. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Can't I can kind of tell because it's been going on. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know what you're doing. Yeah. Do you want me to control it? So in other words, he goes right. I want these people to go there. That that yeah. that that. And then I'm bowling in as well because I want. Well, initially be. he just ran in. Apparently, he just fucking got his gun and went in. Just started getting picked. Got something like twenty people out. Took a few baddies out. Just a maniac. Just went in there by himself. You can see the pictures of him. Yeah, yeah. He looks like staged to me. I gotta be honest. If you look at the pictures, I'm like, are you sure that's not like a recreation? Right. Okay. It doesn't look real. So he, he popped a few people then. Apparently so. And he went over there and just helped them. And then um, in 1987, we've got the Peterhead prison incident. And this is fucking nuts, this one is. Peterhead prison Yeah, incident. so a riot kicked off up in Scotland, because that's where, that's where the prison was. Right. And because and the, the inmates took control of the building, and staff had to just flee. Let's just get the fuck out, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, it was too much for them. And unfortunately, a woman called uh, Jackie Stewart, who was 56, couldn't get out quick enough, and they grabbed her and kept her hostage on the top floor in one of the blocks or something. Mm-hmm. And now the rioters were full term life prisoners so you got like real murderers hard... rapists yeah 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 not nice but it's not the place that you'd want anybody to be alone in, in yeah yeah especially, yeah, when, especially when there's a group of them as well yeah i mean she could just be raped like, to death yeah yeah you know what i mean and the company that ran the prison had like they're completely out of the depth they had no capacity to deal with this sort of situation because it got completely out of control kind of like now isn't it with most prisons in the yeah. uk it's like what well, one officer to like every like 200 people or something yeah, it, mate, it's crazy. I went into Huel Prison working and the lads in there were smoking weed. I was like, <laughs> guess you'd toke on that, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, the, yeah, the, the uh, company that were running were getting increasingly concerned that Jackie was not going to get out alive. Okay. They couldn't get in. So they were like, fuck, who do we do? Who going to call? The SAS. Yeah. Um, so then prisons were in for a fucking hell of a shock. Now, initially, because it was the first of, it, of its kind, calling in the SAS, Special Forces Unit, for a domestic criminal incident. Yeah completely never never been done before and a few politicians were actually against it because when the SAS go into a situation they are given full control yeah so they can do whatever they like without, without anyone going you, you can't do that like someone high up like say yeah. say um, uh, May saying you can't do that they can go nope we, we yeah. bypass that straight away because yes. we know what we're doing yeah they yeah. have to abide by the the law. I'm doing inverted yeah, commas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are they. There is a bit of poetic license to what they can and cannot <laughs> yeah. do. Let's just I, um, say I that. imagine with uh, top end um, terrorists and ends of stuff, uh, they've got their own kind of law. As soon as they kick the door open, yeah, I'm sure uh, they can do whatever they like. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the politicians were worried they were actually going to be deaths in the prison. Yeah, yeah. not from the SAS weren't worried. No, no. I mean, the you know, the, the pr- they were really concerned. They were like, "This could get." I mean, this is could be an, a a a massacre. Yeah, yeah. This could get real bad. But they weren't playing games. They were trying to talk the prisoners out of it. They weren't happening. So, um, twenty S- SAS soldiers were sent into the prison to sort it out. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. For yeah, that. yeah, that'd been great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just watching that. Bet you, bet you they made them look like little bitches. Yeah. Were, yeah. Making them cry in the corner or something <laughs> in about half a second. They'd be like, we're going to die. Yeah, They'd yeah. be like, just surrender, but it's too late. It's not yeah. going to happen. Um, so what they did is they, they en- entered in full body armour with a fireproof overalls, they had respirators on, and their main weapons were wooden bats, right? And they also took in 9mm pistols as backups. Just in case. So they went in with bats. So they even, they even said to them, look, no one's going to die because we're going in with bats. Yeah. But if they get real moody, we've we'll, got we've we'll got a pistol just in case. Yeah. In case someone gets stabbed, we'll yeah, just yeah. shoot them. All yeah, right. Yeah. But we, we're only going to use rounders <laughs> bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so at five a.m., four ASS soldiers crept across the roof of the prison because because Jackie was being held in like a top block. Yeah. And some of the dudes been, was in who were in the cell opposite, 
like the block opposite or whatever, they were looking out through the bars and they saw these lads going across the roof. Yeah, yeah. So they shouted across to the um, to the blokes who were holding yeah, Jackie yeah. to warn them. Didn't matter. Simultaneously on three floors, SAS teams blew their way in with explosives. They blew holes in the walls, right? Yeah, yeah. They threw CS gas canisters in and stun grenades. <clears throat> they stormed the building, completely kicking the living shit out of everybody they saw because it's a male prison. Yeah, yeah, there is no members of staff in there except yeah, yeah. one who's a female. Yeah, yeah. So everybody was getting a battering. Yeah, they know that. They put it this way: if they if they um, did an accidental kill. And it was the lady. They go, mate, you, you're going to be sat from the SAS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lady, and it's only lady, and you killed her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So while they blew holes through the wall and come, come charging in, I mean, them lads went through. I mean, it wasn't going to be a good day. Four, four, a four-man rescue squad entered through the roof, and they they kicked their way down through a skylight or something. They threw flashbangs in and more um, tear gas. Just fucking, it. including Jack, Jackie was in there as well. She got a face full of this shit, but it's better, it. it's better than being raped and murdered, though. And then they went to town with, on the lads. <laughs> they really, I mean, yeah, they could have yeah, got around yeah, quicker. Yeah. Um, when they went back in, like they found the prisoners were all sort of handcuffed up, just unconscious, crying, bleeding. All the cells are opened up, and people just beaten to fuck. Yeah, yeah. They would have loved. I bet they loved it. Yeah, but I bet they did. It was kind of like let's let's show these boys. That they're not actually hard, yeah, basically hard prisoners. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's right. all. All it is It's all in those prisons. It's usually like really rough lads who are just just dickheads. Yeah. You know, what I mean, obviously because they're in there, but I mean, <laughs> they're all as soon as they go in, you, you hear all this shit, and I don't understand why they think this straight away. Yeah, I've brag. got to get myself to the top, so straight away I'm going to do something really brutal. No, just just do your time and get out. I know they're not because they're in pri- like live prison, but you know, what I mean, you have a prison where they're like that, where they. Yeah. They just want to hurt the top man because they think that makes them top man. What's, what does that mean? Or brag about what the does shit that mean? Done. You're all in prison. You're yeah. all the same. Well, you know, I nicked five cars. Well, what, keep your mouth shut, then you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see, man, these are the go-to lads. That you, they, you, they're the ones you're going to call. Yeah, if you yeah. want something sorted out, man. They're trained by MI5 and MI6. You know, this is like James Bond type of shit. Mm-hmm. Proper hardcore. And many countries obviously have got special force units. You've got the Navy SEALs we mentioned earlier, Russian Alpha Group. Delta Force, which was set up after the founder actually spent spent time with the SAS, and he went back and went, "Yep, we're gonna copy this model." We're gonna nick a bit. Yeah. It's not even really copying, I don't think. Yeah. It's just like this is good, yeah, yeah. and we need this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Makes spread, sense. Yeah. Spread the love. You got the GIGN in France, and they've lost more men in training than ju- than during live missions because it's that fucking hardcore, <laughs> right? Okay, <laughs> do you Jesus. know what I mean? Yeah. You got the Pakistani Special Service Group. You got the, as we said earlier, the Special Boat Service, the SBS in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Polish Grom, the German GSG9, Israeli Mossad, Australian SAS. So all of these lads, all of them groups. I mean, if you're in an elite special ops group in a in a country, you're a badass. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you're from, you're all fucking badass. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you can uh, you can handle a good night out. <laughs> <laughs> you can be sent into prison. I just would love to have seen them going to that prison because yeah, yeah. they would have made these macho. What we're saying, macho. They're not macho. They think they're macho. Lads look like complete arseholes, which yeah. they are. I could imagine them saying, "Like lads, are you um, are you nervous about this one?" They'd be, "Nah, this is going to blow if, the water." If we were <laughs> nervous, we'd have had the AKs and not not yeah. not a bat. We're not, yeah, we're not even going to use a gun, mate. Yeah. We're just going to play with them until they're unconscious. Them. Yeah. So we need to do a recap where he went off, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> my throat. Well, I tell you what. What is it about doing podcasts and drinking a coffee and then my throat going all fucked up? I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> is that better? No, it's not done anything. 
So we left the siege on day four. There'd been no fatalities, but there was a constant like set of demands mm-hmm. being made and being changed. And the SAS were in the building next door with MI5 drilling holes in the walls for bugs. They built an actual life sky, uh, size. That's s- nice. I'm thinking of the wildlife <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuming up, rent a killing there. Fuming yeah, 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 yeah. So they built an actual embassy at Regent Park's barracks. Yeah, yeah. So they were practicing drills and plans of attack. And at this point, n- nobody knew the SAS were on standby inside the building other than those that needed to know, like the high-level anti-terror police and the you know high-ranking government officials. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no one had a fucking clue. They'd gone on nighttime missions. You know, when I said last week, that bloke tread on a, a slate, broke yeah, it, yeah, and yeah, yeah. coppers are lining him up. Yeah, he's like, he's no, 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 it wasn't <coughs> a gun, it wasn't a gun. Yeah, it was just a tile snapping. So they were just sussing stuff out. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to day five. Now, early during this day, this is the, obviously ended on day six. So this is the penultimate day. Yeah, yeah. Things seem to be getting a little bit better. What is wrong with your face? My stomach's like in bits for some reason. <laughs> it keeps really squinting hurting. at me. <laughs> yeah, I look like I look like um, I've got some sort of like like weird like I don't know like a scatty thing going on, haven't I? But got a worm in your stomach, mate. My stomach's some like just I don't know what it's doing. It's cramping or something. It's doing something weird. Hopefully you'll die. Maybe. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I hope so as well. So yeah, like I say, let's get out of this sorry world. There <laughs> <laughs> was an Iranian national inside called Mustafa Kalkuti, and he was he got ill on on day five in the morning, yeah, and got worse as the as the morning progressed into the afternoon. And it sounds like nervous exha- exhaustion to me. I watched a few documentaries on it, and it seems like he was saying like my legs were shaking. I was just I couldn't I was sweat. I couldn't cope with it, and because because he, he spoke uh, spoke fluent Arabic and English, mm-hmm. he was translating for the police and for the hostages. And also speaking to the terrorists, so mm-hmm. he was sort of in the, the main fuck. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was getting too much. And because he could, because he knew all the languages, yeah. he was picking up on the subtle like things that the terrorists are saying. He's like, "This is getting bad, man. This is changing." You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And he was the fifth and final hostage to be released, which left 21 people inside the embassy. Uh, but he, him, his illness and him being released, I'm, su- I'm surprised they didn't just release everyone. They're all ill. Just release them, and then they was just gone. All right, mate, we'll just come in and grenade you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, because they were drip-feeding people out, that I suppose they would have just kept them there for two weeks if they need to. Mm. If they're releasing people every day, eventually everyone's going to get out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they'd be like, oh. <laughs> just, just keep no doing that. Yeah. We didn't want to fuck. We didn't want to go in guns blazing, but yeah. we would if we had to. Mm-hmm. But because throughout the siege, f- f- food parcels were being sent in by the police mm-hmm. because there were, at one point there was over 30 people in the en- in the embassy and because this fellow was getting ill and a few other people were getting ill the terrorists were getting paranoid and they thought that the food was being spiked by police do you know what I mean right okay and again been poisoned yeah yeah. and they actually said we want a doctor sent in to, and we were like look if he's ill just release him so they let him out just went okay he's off um, well, why hasn't everyone else not jumped on that bandwagon after like the, all of these people shall I just say I'm ill <laughs> yeah I've got a poorly tummy when it runs <laughs> so all hostage, all hostage. Yeah, you'd be getting out with that with your, with your face. Going, What's that, Max? I've got the runs as well at the minute. So oh, I'd be straight out. They'd have got sent me out yesterday. No, they would have sent me out three days ago because I've had the runs for three days. <laughs> Day three, yeah, yeah. Booth leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just got the shits real bad. Yeah, yeah. You come out like, oh, and you're okay. None of the shit. It's that fucking Vindaloo the cops sent me last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're living like gods in there, Vindaloo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And blaming the lager as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blaming like, the twelve pints I had as well. It's <laughs> right party in there. <laughs> yeah, Salim's he's all right, really. Yeah, yeah. Every single hostage that was coming out was confirming what the anti-terror police had already knew that there were six gunmen. They were all armed to their mm-hmm. tits. But one important thing still remained totally unknown, and that's whether the embassy had been rigged to explode, as Salim alluded to on day one. 
Because yeah, he said, yeah. if you don't do it, we're going to blow the building and take everyone with it. And that was a massive worry because the SAA thought, well, if we storm in, we could fucking go down. Yeah, it could just explode. They could just press a button and boom. Yeah. yeah. It was unlikely, but it was a threat, so they had to take it seriously. So more bugging was carried out. Microphones were lowered down the chimneys and more holes were drilled into the wall. And meanwhile, the foreign office are holding actual... Well, British gas still making noise outside. Yeah, they'd, they'd been fucked off now, but <laughs> the planes from Heathrow are still yeah, yeah, going yeah, in, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Brill, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's nuts, in it? Though. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's great, though, isn't it? But it's, you would, as the um, a terrorist, I think you'd... If you were uh, um, an experienced one, but I suppose, can you be an experienced terrorist? I don't know. Um, you'd know that these are tactics, wouldn't you, after a while? Suddenly the planes yeah. are going low. You're like, there, there's a noise thing there going on. Yeah, they're doing something. Why is the jumbo jets clipping the rooftops? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, it's because they're drilling isles. So the foreign office are actually holding talks with Arab diplomats who were pushing for a safe passage to be granted for the terrorists to leave the UK in order to safeguard the lives of the hostages. Okay. So that's so what... Was, that was the deal on the table. That's what the lads from the Middle East were saying. They're like, look, just do it and everyone wins and we'll yeah, just yeah. deal with them back in our country. And we were like, no, man, no, no, we're not doing that. And like sensing the terrorists were becoming fatigued and becoming increasingly agitated and paranoid due to complete isolation, because they were mm-hmm. utterly isolated, the SAS were ramping up their preparations because shit was coming to a head. People could feel it by now. Yeah, yeah. More nighttime manoeuvres were carried out. Uh, Safety is off kind of shit in case it goes south. Now we're going to day six now. This is the last day. Negotiators could tell Salim was getting... Like, he's on the, he's on the edge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all or nothing soon. Yeah, he was convinced police... Officers were actually inside the embassy because the noises he heard during the night. Okay, uh, but it, you know, it's possibly the the SAS lads on the roof. We don't really know what mm. he heard. Okay, he sent PC Trevor Locke, the uh, the cop who was on diplomatic protection duties that we yeah, mentioned yeah. it, and he had the one who had a gun on him loaded the whole time that hid. Yeah. he sent he sent him to search the building. To what? Look, yeah. Look, do you think he's gonna? Do you think he's the SAS? He walks into a room. The SAS man stand there like going, "Oh shit!" He's gonna go. Mohammed, there's one here. Yeah. Do you think he's going to... He's just going to go... He's just going to look at him and go, okay, I got yeah. your game. And walk downstairs and go, Mohammed, there, there ain't one here. He's not going to whisper and go, listen, mate, there's four coppers up there, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I think I know exactly where the stage is. So you need two men on that door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roger set up a pincer movement round Why the did balcony. they do that? The f- that's, that's ridiculous. It's just, just on his own? Just sent him... Yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> it's probably because he thought... that. I, th- I thought about that and I think it probably... Salim, Salim Mohammed probably thought that they're likely to shoot first and Locke would probably get shot. Oh, is that it? And yeah. therefore they'd know. That's the only reason why I can yeah, think... Yeah, it's still dumb though, isn't it? So during the night, the SAS, who were three feet away in the building next door, had been removing actual bricks from the wall in preparation to blow their way through, just leaving the plaster. But because of the lack of support, like the old-ass walls were starting to bulge inwards on the inside of the Aurelian. And like the terrorists are like, what the fuck's wrong with that wall? Why is that suddenly like caving in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now Trevor Locke, PC Trevor Locke, he knew the crack yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was like, nah, nah, don't worry. That's always been like that. He said, it, it's, it's just the building. He assured them that the coppers weren't going to raid. He said, they're not going to raid because if they come in, the people are going to die mm. and they don't want, if they were going to do it, they would have done it on day one. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, they're just trying to bargain here. They're not going to raid. So they were like, mm, all right, whatever. Mm. So it sounds like they like this PC lock. Yeah, yeah. Now, to make matters worse, the terrorists received an, a telegram from the Iranian government and they said, well done, lads. I mean, that's exactly what they said. Well, like, well done, bruv, yeah, knuckles. Yeah. They said, um, your effort is being watched by the nation and we feel certain that you're ready for martyrdom, which is kind of antagonistic. Does that mean killing yourself and yeah. 
But they, the, the lads in the building right. want independence from Iran. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like they're sort of they're, they're throwing a bit of petrol on the fire. That's how I yeah, read yeah. it. They're yeah, sort yeah. Of, so anyway, again, on at 1 p.m. on the final day, Salim spoke to police negotiators. And I think he was probably fearing imminent attack at this point because the wall's bulging. He's heard noises <laughs> in the night. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's either that or they've been LSDing the food and he's just <laughs> yeah. going, oh my God. That's probably what they should have done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I just... Just squeeze some fucking up. Well, not arsenic, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Just because all the hostages are dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> LSD, it, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, he was totally cornered. He, he, he knew, he knew shit was different in this, in the last, in, I suppose, in the last sort of twelve to twenty-four hours. So, what he did is he got on the phone to the uh, negotiator. He said, like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill a hostage at one forty-five. So, it's forty-five minutes later, if an Arab ambassador wasn't sent to speak to him, and he said, Look, I'm, that bulge in the wall there." I know you're fucking about now. I know you are because the walls came in. Game changer saying that. But he'd already been saying it was going to kill people. He said that on day one. So we just kind of like ignored him. All male hostages were moved from a holding room on the second floor. Now we could hear this happening because of the bugging gear. And that kind of got our attention because that's different. Okay, yeah. This isn't normal now, yeah. They're planning something now. Unknown to the SAS and the police, the terrorists were actively talking about killing all of the hostages, every single one Oh, they one were? Of them. Okay. They were, yeah, they were thinking about it. Now, the hostages spoke in whispers. They kept their heads down to avoid attention. You know, there were, some of them were crying. The atmosphere was turning really, really dark. Because you can see the pressure on the terrorists here. They're not getting out of this. And they're like, fuck, you know what I mean? What do yeah, we yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because of this, the uh, the terrorists began arguing amongst themselves, like shouting and screaming, all picked up by the bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're... The group is starting to fragment, you know what I mean? They're like, what do we do now? Yeah. If we kill them, we're fucked. Yeah. yeah. So if we don't kill them, we're fucked. You should have thought about that before. Surely yeah. that would have been one of the uh, pl- plans in your mind, not just a plan A, because that's clearly what they had, just yeah. a plan A. Yeah. Because they were told by that Iraqi diplomat that, that they're they're gonna they're, get, uh, they'll cave in and you'll be home in 24 <laughs> hours whilst he was flying out the country. Yeah, yeah, yes, as soon as they were about to get, knock on the door. Are you, are you there yet? Yeah. Well, yeah, not yeah. yet. Just give it 10 minutes and wait for my flight. Yeah. So after all this infighting, a dude called Faisal, was, um, he was Salim's second in command. He was starting to lose all trust and faith in him because Salim looked weak. He wasn't getting results. Mm-hmm. Day was ro- One day was turning into two to three to four to five. Now we're in day six. And, you know, he's like, where's this going to fucking end? So um, you can, the, the group is heating up. Mm-hmm. Shit's boiling. Now, if you remember from part one, I said the uh, the terrorists wanted independence from Iran and all of the hostages were Iranian nationals and Ira- some of them... Was it Iranistan they wanted? Or the Arab- Arabistan. Arabistan, yeah. yeah. And, and the area was called Kurdistan, I think. Kurdistan? Uh, Kur- Kurdistan? That nah. sounds... It was an area in southern Iran, Kurdistan. It doesn't matter. But it does matter. But it does, but yeah. But but I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. I thought you said Kurdistan or something like Kurdistan. Kurdistan. I'm sure it's Kurdistan, but it doesn't right. matter anyway. Yeah. Um, some of the hostages were Iranian nationals, um, and one of them was pro-Iranian government, and he was 29-year-old Abbas Lavasani. He was a full-on supporter of oh, like, the Iranian government, yeah, yeah. who the terrorists were against. Uh, he didn't hide his feelings from the. Uh, the uh, the baddies and yeah. he'd been like trapping off to them throughout the whole siege openly saying I'm prepared to die I'll die a martyr you know fuck you and your cause basically yeah you're not gonna have you're not gonna get your way mm-hmm. so as the 45 minute deadline approached he was singled out of the group by Faisal um, and he didn't resist Lavasani just I mean, yeah, okay go on if you're gonna do it do it yeah yeah, yeah. He, d- he previously said if they're gonna kill a hostage I want it to be me mm-hmm. he was ready to die yeah, yeah. if he, if need be he wasn't scared yeah yeah which is a fucking brave man yeah yeah 
took one for the team. So they led him out of the room um, at gunpoint, obviously. Now, mm. Trevor Lark and Sim Harris, the BBC guy, were pleading with them. They were like, don't fucking do... If you do this, shit's going to get... So bad, you're not going to understand it. Do you know I what I mean? Understand the SS are trying to drill through the walls <laughs> or on the roof. You're like, oh, they <laughs> knew shit was happening. That's what would happen then. Yeah, yeah. And they actually got on the phone to the police negotiators, saying, "Look, man, shit's fucked. They're going to kill him. You've got to do something. We can't stop them." And Trevor Locke's thinking about that loaded gun he's got in his yeah, pocket, yeah. thinking, "Do I do something here? What do I do?" Mm-hmm. But there's nothing they could. I mean, you're. There's six armed guys. You've just got to let them do whatever they want to do, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And exactly 45 minutes after speaking to the police, they heard screaming and shouting coming from a back room, followed by a gunshot, and then like some more moaning and groaning, and then a second, third, and fourth gunshot. You know what I mean? Um, and Faisal had actually followed through with what Salim had been telling the police, because Salim hadn't got the balls to do it by the, by the sounds of it. Okay. So Faisal went, fuck it, and just took over and started shooting it. It's like he's taking over, taking yeah. over the group, so to speak. But on the other side of the wall, SAS trooper Peter Winner heard the gunshot. And this is what he said. He said, I reached for my MP5. I removed the magazine, cocked the action and caught the ejected round. I then stripped the weapon and began cleaning the working parts. This is it, I thought. There could be no going back now. A hostage has been murdered. Because he heard him groaning. I mean, he didn't see it, but he heard it. He said, direct action would have to be taken. I let my mind wander through the problems of attacking a building with over 50 rooms. We would need speed, we would need surprise, and we would need aggression. So Lavasani's murder was a game-changing move. So that was the Iranian kid they, sh- they killed? Yes. Okay, they shot so him I dead. didn't realise they actually killed. I thought yeah, they yeah, didn't kill anyone. But yes, they shot him dead. Right, okay. That's okay. what mo- I said. He was, you know, moaning but, and groaning. Yeah, yeah. But nobody had seen this at this point. Yeah. Um, and we didn't want to use force and unless it was absolutely necessary. Now, we heard <laughs> the gunshot, yeah. but um, we didn't know. So the government stance changed immediately, and everybody knew it. Inside the embassy, the terrorists began barricading the windows up with furniture. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit's getting heavy now. Yeah, and I don't think... Fortify! A, fortify! I don't think in a million years they expected what was going to happen yeah, to yeah. them. I mean, I, they knew that something was going to mm-hmm. potentially kick off, but... I don't think they realised exactly how, yeah, yeah. how quick it was going to be as well. Should we get a drink? Yeah, I think Play so. Tune. Let's do it. Lavasani shooting, the Home Secretary, William Whitelaw, sped to the embassy. This is at around 3.50 in the afternoon. And Cobra held another meeting and spoke to Margaret Thatcher, who basically said, yeah, if you need to, you've got orders to go for it. Essentially giving the order to the SAS to get suited and booted, ready to move at a moment's notice. And by five o'clock, they were in position to storm the building. Still out of sight from the public. Yeah, yeah. We had no idea they were there. And SAS Lieutenant Colonel Rose mess w- met with the Home Secretary and told him, you're going to have to expect around 40% of the hostages to be killed. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, just, just, yeah. I suppose 11 minutes, you know, just they've still got time to kill people. Yeah. Unless they, the only way that would ha- wouldn't happen is if they literally all broke in exactly the same time and killed every single one at the same time. Yes. Like, like, bang, bang. 
Yeah, like two seconds. Yeah, because there were so many people in. They were saying, look, if we go in and, and they're the in terrorists rooms. know they're going down, they might just start shooting people. Mm-hmm. And if they're all in one room, I, we can't, you know, just expect yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We, we, it's close combat. Even with, this, with the SAS lads, they might end up shooting people. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be, no, it's, it's fucked. Yeah, yeah. But just expect it. Yeah. So at 6.20, police got hold, hold of a local imam from a mosque to try and talk the terrorists down. No luck there. As they were talking, three further shots were heard. Now, Salim said another hostage had been executed and the rest are going to die within 30 minutes unless my demands are made. Okay, so so the other fellas took over now? Well, I'm not, I don't know if he had taken over, but the way that he grabbed Lavasani and shot him, yeah, yeah. Meant, to me, that's like, I mean, we'll never know. We'll never know. But no. it's like, he's going, look, Salim, you're, you, you're just fucking, these are hollow threats and they're yeah. not doing anything and we're not getting what we want because yeah, you're yeah, telling yeah, them yeah. stuff that you're not doing, so fuck it, let's kill him. Yeah, yeah. And they did. And uh, did they kill a second one then? Or was that just a fake shooting? Well, the shooting went off, right? So they heard it. Now, crucially at this point, the police had no confirmation that a hostage had been killed. There were Mm -hmm. no bodies. And they needed 100% proof before they acted. At around 6.30, the front door to the embassy opened and Abbas Lavasani's body was thrown out onto the pavement. Oh, that's the first one, yeah. They were like, that tears it. Yeah, yeah. There's a body there. Now, you can see the footage. I mean, I'll probably hopefully try and put a uh, clip on with the episode Mm -hmm. cover thing on insta twat or whatever uh, and you can see two police marksmen and medics with stretchers approaching the door like in like flanking positions yeah, yeah. they pick up his body take him to the side they checked him and they realized that he'd been dead for an hour so okay. whoever had just been shot in them second wasn't wasn't them it wasn't him mm-hmm. so the police thought the two, two hostages are dead now yeah yeah you know, they, they fought. Yeah, yeah, but they were wrong. Only Lavasani had been killed. The second shot turns out they didn't know it at the time. It turns out to be a random gunfire just to try prov- and shit him up a bit. Yeah, yeah, and that was the tipping point. Mm. Negotiators spoke to Salim and said, "Look, what you've done changes the way that we're going to deal with this situation. You do know that, don't you?" <coughs> and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I mean, you can hear them because a lot of these tr- um, yeah, yeah. the calls are you just find them if you're interested. Yeah, because in they're going to have to record it because. You know when people you call like a call centre and they go, we're, we're um, recording this for training purposes. It's the same sort of thing, but yeah. obviously they don't say that before. It's exactly the same as a call centre. <laughs> yeah, because they do that, yeah. don't they? You know I mean, you, but you wouldn't say that to a terrorist. You, you wouldn't go, <laughs> b- uh, before we start, um, we're going to be recording this for training purposes. Like, are you uh, an apprentice? An- anything that you may say will be recorded. And then <laughs> you're you a fucking an apprentice negotiator. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fucking terrorist incident, get yeah. the main guys on. So that was the tipping point. Negotiator spoke to Salim and said, listen, mate, um, we're going to have to do something about this. The Home Secretary and Margaret Thatcher reassessed the situation at seven minutes past seven and the SAS were given the go-ahead. At this point, the government signed over full control of the situation to the SAS. They signed a contract. And within 17 minutes of signing that contract, the siege was over. Uh, so, so it was signed them six minutes later they were already in there because if it was 11 minutes they, put, they obviously got the gear on and went right they were, no, they were, stuff ready, they were on the balconies yeah. out of sight for like two hours right ago yeah just no one knew they were there so the police in charge of the situation um, John Dello he he, uh, he said that he felt that the the law enforcement <clears> had failed because they couldn't deal with the situation right and they were handing over over to the SAS so the commander of the um of the SAS battalion that were going in, went and spoke to the soldiers just before the raid began. He said, in the forward holding area, I talked to members of the assault team. I found the atmosphere to be typical of the SAS before any operation. There was no sense of overexcitement or tension, rather an air of professionalism and quiet confidence. These men have been superbly trained in and exactly in the precise way and ability that they were going to carry this out. 
This is not to say that they lacked any courage or imagination. On the contrary, they knew full well that the terrorists were heavily armed and the building could be wired with explosives and might go up as they broke in. They simply accepted the risks and carried on. <clears throat> so these lads are pretty fucking badass. Yeah. They're going to go into a... No matter what, yeah. A close quarter fight to the fucking death now. Without a shadow of a... Um, maybe I don't want to do it or... Do you think this would be better? Just yeah, okay. They don't think they love it. Yeah, yeah. Of course they. It's, it's. They've just been trained, trained well. They know they're hard. You know what I mean? They don't go around saying we're hard like the prisoners do because they're just arseholes. <laughs> but um, they know they're hard, and they, you know, they they know the the chances that they they could get shot. They know it. it's a risk. Every mission they do is a risk. It's not. It's not going to be like we need to save a cat up a tree. It's <laughs> called the SAS in. Do you know what I mean? So, remind you, there is a risk there. Shoot the, the ladder. Down. You know, you know what I mean. Oh, there's always a risk. Yeah. I wonder if they design the an assessment, R- risk assessment, and method. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what the six minutes was for. Yeah, Someone's yeah. reading through it. <laughs> Sign it off. Yeah, yeah. It's sometime around here that Thatcher <laughs> said that um, Margaret Thatcher wanted all of. I don't want out one of them out alive. It's one of them all dead now. Yeah, yeah. They, they all have to die. I mean, they. They could do what they liked. She was just telling them to do yeah, it. Yeah. Now, before this point, the SAS had played no part in negotiations. Nothing. That wasn't their, their thing. Mm-hmm. They were just on standby. But now, there was no going back. They were in full command. The, uh, they instructed the police to back away for safety reasons. The police were like, oh, shit. Shit, yeah. bro. It's yeah, going yeah. down. Who's told you to do that? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Move away. The government have just said, that, listen to these guys. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> they yeah. told, the SAS told anti-terror negotiator, I think it was called, uh, the bloke was called Max Vernon, the police officer. They said, get Slim on the phone and distract him. Keep him talking. And negotiators did. They rang, they rang him up and said, listen, mate, you've won. How do you want to get to the airport? How many coaches do you want? Do you want Trevor to drive? Pure distraction. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You can hear Slim go, yeah, uh, two co, no, one, no, two coaches because there's, yeah, we're going to need two because there's like 30 people and he's going through the numbers in his head and like how many people are going to yeah. sit there. And the negotiator said that whilst he was talking to Slim on the phone, he was li- he was watching the SAS <laughs> climbing the on building. the roof, yeah, yeah, moving yeah, yeah, to yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. He could literally see them moving around and appearing on the balconies like on neighbouring and jumping across. And this is when the world's press got to see them and the general public, uh, you know what I mean? Now, they had no idea they were there. They were, they were dressed in black. Mm-hmm. Oh, hopefully this is the bit I'll try and put up dressed in black black mm-hmm. gas masks they look like fucking stormtroopers they were throwing rope ladders off the roof off the roof the, uh, the press and the public started losing their shit you can hear them going oh my god what's happening yeah, what's yeah. that they had absolutely no idea what was happening as far as I knew it could have been terrorists yeah do you know what I mean you can hear the shock in their voices yeah 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 now, I mentioned this in part one. The SAS wanted to smoke bomb the fuck out the front of the embassy to conceal themselves as they went in, like badass special forces wizards. Yeah, yeah. So, so all of a sudden it's got misty, and then and suddenly then, everyone's dead. And then everyone's and then, dead. And yeah. then everyone's gone. It's like a like a, a magic genie. Yeah. Puff of smoke, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, no yeah, one yeah. saw anything. All but, sorted. But Thatcher was like, no, I want everybody to see what the fuck we do to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, okay. This is going to say, and that's the only reason. If, if, she, if it wasn't for her orders to not smoke bomb, which was changed at the last very last minute, apparently, we probably wouldn't have seen anything. It would have just been like magic. Okay. Like... The, the, did the terrorists kill themselves? Yeah, yeah. What happened? They just smoke appeared and they they were gone. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. So Salimi's still on the phone to police and he heard the sounds of rope ladders and you know rope that we use for abseiling coming down the roof and you can hear him. He was like, he's like, what is that noise? There's there's somebody there and negotiators like, no, no, nothing. Chill, bro. It's nothing, nothing. Do you want an in-flight meal? Like, we'll put Die Hard <laughs> on for you or something. We'll, we'll give you a VIP pass. <laughs> yeah. And negotiators, he was speaking to him, said that he, as he was 
talking to him. He said, at this point, there was a voice in his own head saying, "You're, I'm talking to a dead man. You're going to die now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he knew that. Yeah, he that's was, a good point. Yeah, he's about to literally get killed, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like on more than borrowed time. You, you're the last person who's going to interact. On the outside, yeah, yeah. yeah. The SAS plan was to enter the building simultaneously in three areas. Ground floor, rear entrance, the balcony on the second floor at the rear, and the first floor balcony, just totally overwhelming them from all angles. Mm-hmm. Very similar to that prison. They come in from all angles. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There's nowhere to fucking run. They're attacking you from everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't escape, yeah. It's over sort of thing. There's no like sli- slipping out the back door or anything like that. The, yeah, 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 yeah. There's fucking 20 there. guys there yeah, with yeah, hammers yeah. wanting to do <laughs> you. Yeah. The speed was crucial. You had to be fast, you know, to, to avoid people getting shot. On the roof, the red team got the call signs Hyde Park and then London Bridge, which instructed them to get hooked up to the ropes and abseil into position. And this is where it kind of went wrong a little bit. Right. On the way down, Sergeant Tommy Palmer got caught in his rope, like stuck in midair, swinging around like a helmet. Other members of the team were pushing themselves off the wall, like swinging across, trying to grab him um, and try and release him. But... They one one so of them on the way doing that, as he's pushing off, he's, he swung back in and put his foot through the window. Now, at this point, it was quiet. <laughs> yeah. SAS. Them ones weren't dressed in black. They were dressed in clown suits. Yeah, yeah. He got two clowns. Yeah. Didn't I talk about parading through the town as clowns and them killing everyone <laughs> last week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those two maybe may have somehow gone forward into the future, listened to me and gone back. Yeah, their weapon of choice was juggling balls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah being a clown. So Salim was What's on his speciality? He's just a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Salim was on the phone when this happened and you, you can hear it. He was like, what's that noise? I'm going to check it out. And like you hear him running off and that was it. So the element of surprise was gone and the SAS had to act immediately. I bet you the one who put his foot through the window. Is, um, I bet you they're both called Gary. <laughs> it was Tommy, but oh no, I don't know. Gary. <laughs> that's his name. It wasn't Tommy. <laughs> so um, that, that's when they got the go, 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 essentially. Yeah. Uh, the, the power to the building was cut plunging it into pretty much near darkness and, and immediately a, f- a few previously laid distraction explosions went off just boom, boom, boom to boom, try boom. and make him look at it and yeah. go that way yeah. yeah a big skylight blew through on the top and four soldiers zipped down on ropes <laughs> I'd love to be on in there watching them snipers on adjacent roofs started shooting uh, tear gas canisters through the windows across the streets. Oh, cool. Now, PC Trevor Locke, he knew what was going... He didn't know it was the SAS. But he knew, yeah, basically, it's it's coming to an end in a second. It's fight time. Yeah, we're either going to die. Either I'm going to die or, or they're going to die. Yeah. Or, or both. It's, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, fight, it's, it's game it's, over somewhere. It's every mate, you fight for your life yeah, yeah. now, but he's got to shoot in his pocket, yeah, isn't yeah. he? So he's he kept said, it all that time. At that point, he attacked Salim. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was like, he was in front Got, of him. Did he get his gun out, did he? Then well, he said, he, he said uh, I ran at him as hard as I could and I managed to hit him with my shoulder. I ran him back maybe 10 feet, 8 to 10 feet towards an office door. I had him and he was going nowhere. Now, we're going to have to come back to this fight. Right, okay, cool. Be- because meanwhile, whilst all this happening, I mean, this is, this is going on in a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is like, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. It's all happening. The team abstaining from the roof who couldn't blow their way in because if they did, Sergeant Tommy Palmer you know, would have been, because he was dangling in the air, it would have been blown to pieces. So do, they, they do, just uh, brute forced themselves through the windows. Do, do you think you would have um, uh, done what P- P- PC Palmer did, or would you have just grabbed your shooter and shot him? Um, I don't know. Because uh, by that point, I'd know there's tear gas and ropes coming off the roof. It's it's There's <coughs> going to be guns blazing any second anyway now. I would have done nothing, but a trained copper might have done something differently, obviously. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I would have just got the shoot and just shot him by I, that point, because I know it's coming to an end soon. I, I don't know what I would have done. Cause I would have been terrified. I, I would have been terrified, but he'd be like, well, there's a chance he's going to turn around now and shoot me. 
Yeah. So I'd, I think I would have just got the gun out and just popped him. Yeah, he's nuts, mate. He's nuts. So Tommy Palmer's like dangling. And because they couldn't blow the, the door, they smashed through the windows and free the because they've been a four-man team. Oh, fuck's sake, Tommy! Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> yeah, were. Yeah, 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 they were yeah. like, "You're on your own yeah, because yeah. it's you're, kicking yeah. off. We're if we don't go in, they're four men down. Yeah, yeah. If three of us go in, they're one man down. Yeah, yeah. Seeing a bit, so they they just went, ran through. They flashbanged and CS gas the w- the window when they went in. But unfortunately, the flashbang that they threw in set fire to the curtain that the terrorists had doused with petrol, and the flames were burning up like fuck. And billowing out the window and and basically setting fire to Sergeant Tommy Palmer because he was standing on the fucking <laughs> yeah, road. Yeah. He's, he's going, what the fuck? And he was, you can see the footage, mate. It's mad. He I was, bet you didn't know what was going on. I bet he's going, what? He was like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. He, was he, would, he would have known it's not an ex- like an explosion because he knows what an explosion sounds like, um, which isn't a flashbang one. Yeah. So he'd have been, what the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah. He was pushing himself off the wall to try and get out of the flames. He was swinging out, out over the balcony, over the street, yeah, yeah. and then coming back in and then pushing himself out again. And the lads on the roof... We're looking over the edge. You could see him tangled up. And they're like, he's, he's literally in a bonfire here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We're going to have to cut the rope. Yeah, That's yeah. the only way we can get him down. Because yeah, yeah. he's not in a position to start untying himself because yeah, yeah. he's on fire. And he's upside down. Yeah. So they had to cut the rope. They had to time it, though. So it, they cut it on the in-swing because he, pu- he pushed himself out. Yeah. And he went like um, out over the road. Yeah, because yeah, he's going to be on the out-swing. He'd be like, ah! He fell 40 foot to the yeah, pavement. Yeah, so yeah. when he swang back in towards the flames, that's when they chopped the fucking rope and he fell 10, ten foot to the to the balcony below, yeah. hit the floor, got up immediately and then just, <laughs> just ran carried in, on his mission, yeah. Even though he had third degree burns. Yeah, yeah. Just Didn't charged care. in like a fucking... And then came the, the infamous balcony explosion, which is the uh, the front team led by John McAleese. Now you can see McAleese because all this is, like I say, happening rapid. Yeah. This is happening rapid. You can see McAleese jumping across from the balcony next door placing like a frame charge he carries this frame made out of plastic explosives on the window it was designed to blow the frame out because on the inside there were security bars for like you know protection and, and they couldn't get through um so um as he's placing it in chart on the on the window there's a soldier st- like hanging back on the other balcony and he had the live detonator in his hand there's no safety on this so yeah. McAleese is like if he pressed that or tripped it would have been fucking blown to pieces yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. i mean as he's putting it in place, he's looking in the window to check that it's... Because it's going to go bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sim Harris was on the other side of the window and he said um, he came face to face with a, a fucking black clad soldier gesturing him to get the fuck screaming, <laughs> yeah, yeah. get fucking back. He said, I did. I just ran away. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. McAleese then jumps back to the adjacent balcony to take cover from the blast. The frame charge explodes, blows the window out and most of the stone balcony to pieces. It all rains down on the floor and then they charge in and immediately you can hear mad gunfire followed by people screaming and it is intense because you yeah. know what's going on inside there. All the entry explosions were meant to go off in one go. Mm. The roof, the back door, everywhere. But they didn't. Now, this was causing concern to the commanders who was observing the operation on the outside. Because if you watch the footage of, of, of McAleese on the balcony, you can clearly hear explosions going off as yeah, he's yeah. jumping in to, to put in place. And so that it wasn't going to plan. That They didn't know whether the building was actually being blown up at this point. Okay, I guess, yeah, obviously they said they might have rigged it up, so... Because it wasn't going off in one mm-hmm. mad explosion. It was pop, 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 and yeah, then yeah. McLeese runs in, and then boom, and then he runs in. It's sketchy shit, man. So the team at the back door, they had a problem with their explosives, and they sledgehammered their way in and headed to the basement. Now, their plan was to work their way up from the lowest point whilst the roof team worked their way down. Stuck and, in the middle. And the people are coming in through the balconies as well, so yeah. there's no way. So at this point... 
like within a minute of the explosions, there were 35 SAS soldiers storming the building. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good luck dealing with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They fanned out into teams of two men shooting locks off doors with shotguns before kicking the doors in and flashbanging mm-hmm. it and then just clearing the rooms. Now, the layout was familiar with them because of the, 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 the um, life-size model thing they made, yeah. Yeah, and one of them said, the uh, the adrenaline was bursting through my bloodstream. I got a fearsome rush, one of the best in my life. It's like a smackhead talking, yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, I had heavy, heavy body armor on with high-velocity plates front and back. During training, it weighs a turn. Now it felt like a T-shirt. They do love the rush. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what they live for, though, as well, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, definitely. That's their training. Yeah, yeah. This is it, mate. If you die, you die. Mm-hmm. That's what they're like. So whilst this chaos is going down, Trevor Locke and Salim are still fucking ufc in it up in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> ufc <in> it. <laughs> Trevor pulled his, pulled his gun. He was like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I'll do him. But he said, um, this is what he said, I thought, I'm going to kill the bastard. Uh, Slim was saying, Mr. Trevor's got a gun. Please don't hurt me, Mr. Trevor. It wasn't me. It was the others. They wanted to carry on. Trevor said, I thought to myself, if I kill him, I'm going to be killing him out of anger and hatred. And that's not what I've been trained for. Fair enough. Uh, Slim was trying to pull his gun at this point as well. Because, I mean... Well, then I would have shot him. The windows are blowing. I would have shot him at the beginning, to be honest. I would have... Not like... As as soon as the, the... I could tell there... There's a raid happening. I would have shot him because I would have thought he may turn around and shoot all of us now, or shoot yes. me, or yes. whatever. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I don't know, man. I would have. I think I would have. That would have clocked. That would have clocked in my head because I would have gone. Now he knows. He knows that um, that he's under siege and yeah. he's about to. It's the end. Yeah. Do you know so what I mean? it, I was, you think he might turn around and just start shooting? It's so it. I think I would have just pulled it out and shot the dickhead in the back of the head it didn't really it didn't really matter anyway because mid brawl amongst like the crazy gunshots flashbangs tear gas people can barely breathe SS come in the door flung open John McAleese the dude who blew the balcony window out ran in and shouted get away from him Trevor which took uh, Trev by surprise because Mac addressed him by his name because they'd been studying the pictures yeah 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 yeah. he knew him so he he said um, I didn't waste any time I was holding Slim on the floor and he said get away from him Trev and once he'd Realised what the deal was, yeah. and the, the SAS bloke had got aim. He said, I rolled away from him, he said, and then I heard mad gunfire. When I looked back, Slim was lying dead on the floor with a diagonal line of bullet holes starting from his left eye and finishing at his right hip. It just went, brap! Yeah, just, just shot him. him down. See ya! He posed zero threat to them, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. They do, it's ruthless. They don't take... That's, yeah, yeah. It's not in it. It's not like a one-shot thing. It's just like, I'm just going to... Oh, they unload? Yeah, Fully unload into him, mate. Yeah, yeah. We'll make sure you're fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Locke then runs to the window and o- and sticks his head out and was gasping. You can see that in the footage. Like, he leans out, takes his hat off, and he's like... Because he can barely breathe. Yeah, yeah. He's just been in a death fright with a terrorist yeah, well, and seen him get shot to pieces yeah, by yeah. McLeese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going, what the fuck? Yeah. So most of the hostages are on the second floor at the time of the raid. Um, the team abseiled from the roof. They were desperately trying to get their way down to them. And knowing that shit wasn't going their way, two terrorists started shooting the hostages like okay. everybody they were just spraying people they uh, killed one and badly injured four others okay so it was, overall was there two dead then two dead in the end right. not four. counting the terrorists okay. yeah. the f- the so they, they, were they done what, what I would have expected what yes. his face would have done hence why I would have shot him in the head well this is where it gets a bit sketchy now mm. because accounts vary but according to the hostages they were inside the building the terrorists were shooting they managed to persuade them to stop they were like stop you mad bastards stop lads if you put your guns down and surrender you'll get out alive and by all accounts the terrorists did what there is actually footage you can see it clear as day they holding a, a white flag out of a window 
right, and throwing the guns out. Uh, but after hearing the gunshots, the SAS stormed in. The terrorists put their hands up. They grabbed them, threw them against the wall, lined them up, and then shot them all. All oh, right, so basically um, uh, executed them. Well, it went to court, which is fucking crazy, because the SAS what? are in charge. Yeah, Ing- I'd be like, why are you taking... Do you see what they've done? Yeah. You're taking me to court for that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, no. Nah, this is... It'd be like... It'd be one of those. If I was a judge, I'd just go, nah. You know, fire with fire at the moment on that situation. Absolutely. They're in charge of the so, situation. Yeah, yeah. They gave um, a verdict of justifiable homicide... And they were cleared of all wrongdoing and any unlawful killings, you know, innocent, basically. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, indicates that that is exactly what happened. Probably. Do you know what I mean? But if if, if um, Thatcher said, I wanted them all dead, what can they do? Exactly, yeah. They've got to do it. Even if they're crying and they say, we'll give you a million pound or, you know what I mean, line them up, pop them. <laughs> yeah, well, in court, the SAS said, well, we thought they were reaching for their guns. Oh, mate, they fucking threw them out the window in front of the world's press. They, they didn't know that. Or, they, or it was, look out, they're coming right for us, yeah, like yeah, in South yeah. Park, and they just blasted them. So, yeah, they shot an armed terrorist who, who had surrendered, but tough shit, man. Do tough, you know what I mean? Yeah. So shit was getting a bit calmer. If they should have done Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what they should have done. <laughs> so it's it's starting to calm. I mean, the terrorists. It's starting to calm down because they're all yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gunshots are stopping effectively. Yeah, yeah. They, they pretty much stopped at this point, um, but there were still terrorists unaccounted for, and the, the SAS started leading the hostages out of the building, like manhandling the fuck out of them. That's why they went in in such big numbers. They made a human chain, and they were throwing the hostages down the stairs. Like from one, literally yeah, throwing yeah, yeah. them yeah. from one soldier. They were catching them and chucking them out, like screaming at them, like, "Get the fuck down!" They were taking yeah, no yeah. chances. It wasn't gentle, you know. If you broke your leg on the way out, tough. tough yeah, well, it's better than being shot in the face by terrorists. Now, so seeing the awesome force that the SAS had, the two remaining terrorists were shitting themselves because they'd probably just seen their mates who put their hands up die. Yeah. So they tried to blend in with the hostages and they joined the human chain to try and get out with them. You cheeky cunts. That isn't going to work. Surely, if you've been thrown down with the other one, you go, he's a terrorist behind you. Pretty much exactly what yeah. happened. The SAS didn't notice. because They was didn't over, notice. Well, there was 50 people right, in the okay. building. They've got respirators on, yeah, which yeah. obviously half, and it, you know, it's, kick, it's on fire. Mm-hmm. It's dark. There's gas everywhere. People are screaming. Yeah, They're yeah. trying to catch people <laughs> who are coming down the stairs. But hostages on the floor above in the stairwell looking over, watching, started screaming and pointing at one dude in the line. An SAS soldier, Peter Winner, yeah. couldn't, couldn't hear what they were saying, but realised something was up. So he grabbed the dude and spun him around and saw he had a frag grenade in his hand. And this is what he said about the situation. He said, through the smoke and the gloom, I could see the soldiers at the bottom of the stairs in the hallway thinking, shit, I can't fire. They're in my line of sight. The mm. bullets will go straight through the terrace and into my mate. I've got to immobilise the bastard. I raised my MP5 above my head and in one swift, sharp movement, I brought the stock down onto the back of his neck. I hit him as hard as I could. His head snapped backwards, and, one, and for one fleeting second, I caught sight of his tortured, hate-filled face. I love that. <laughs> he collapsed forward and rolled down the remaining few stairs, hitting the carpet in the hallway. The sound of two magazines being fully emptied into him was deafening. He twitched and vomited his life away. <laughs> the, uh, he was killed by John Horsfall and John McAleese, the bloke who'd already killed Salim. Yeah, 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 yeah. he said, they said you can't take any. He had a grenade. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if he had a grenade, get rid of him. Because if he's still alive, he might just pull it. Well, they didn't even know if the pin <clears> was out. Yeah, that's it. It could have been like point, a dead yeah. man's trigger. Yeah, yeah. 
And they said when when he, they shot him, they were like, it was a moment of fucking like time stood still. They were like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to shoot him. We have to try and immobilize that grenade somehow. If but, that even means put it in your back pocket. Luckily, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dive on it. Throw him on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but luckily, you know, it was it wasn't. And there's no mercy. Just, yeah, yeah. Good, good. So we got five terrorists dead now. Slim. We got the two lined up and executed. Yeah. We got the lad that was thrown down the stairs. There was another one hiding in the back room like a pussy. He was found and shot. So that leaves one potentially very dangerous dude still at large somewhere. In the queue. Now, the hostages were being manhandled out of the building and led to the rear gardens out of sight of the TV cameras by design. Sorry, but what did they think? I know they're trying to escape. What did they think would happen? As soon as they got outside, they go, you can go. I think they just wanted to get out alive because mm. they knew that inside the embassy, but yeah, shit's not going to be necessarily. <laughs> yeah, they're not, even if they surrender, they were getting popped. Yeah. Because of a uh, factor. Well, uh, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So they were, they were on the back lawn outside mm-hmm. of the TV. Well, they thought they were outside of the TV cameras, but the rear of the embassy was overlooked by like posh-ass houses. I think ITN rented a room from one of the residents. Yeah. So they could, uh, that way they had access to the, the rear of the embassy from the balcony window, like with their, mm-hmm. their TV cameras. And from this footage, we can see that the hostages were handcuffed with tie wraps and forced at gunpoint to lie face down, all of them. Every yeah, single no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Even the women, they knew there were no yeah, women terrorists, you all lined down. They were savage with them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They weren't gentle. And pretty quickly, everybody was outside and the building was secure. I mean, it was on fire, yeah, but yeah. it was secure. I mean, they torched the fucking place. But there was w- one terrorist still missing. So after doing a quick head count, they realized there was one more person here than they should be. Now, Sim Harris... He was actually led, he escaped the front of the building because of fire, but McAleese dragged him back in at the front of mm-hmm. the, off one of the balconies. You can also, you can, you can see all this. Yeah, yeah. They handcuffed him and took him out as well. He was on the lawn and he spotted the other terrorists, uh, Fauzi Najad, and he was like, it's him. He's one of the terrorists. So one of the SAS lads went over, picked him up by the scruff of his neck and led him away. Now they were going to shoot him. They were going back into the embassy to shoot him out of the mm-hmm. way of the cameras. <laughs> yeah, just like right, putting okay. him down like a dog. But because they were TV cameras, well, they couldn't be sure that they weren't everywhere. Yeah, but if now he, if he's dead, they're going to, yeah, it's kind of... It yeah. would be seen as an extremely, a handcuffed terrorist outside of a building when the situation's under control, mm. shooting him. Personally, I've got no problem with that. No. But um, that would... That's kind of putting... Could throw down. a bit of heat yeah. at him. And so the lucky fucker survived. Uh, Najad was taken to court and sentenced to life in prison. And he was up for parole in 2005. And he was eventually released in 2008. What? So he's actually been released? Yeah. Trevor Locke opposed his release. But Najad, like, you know, they said apparently he he's no threat to society. <laughs> So where's he fucked off back to then? Well, he should have been deported to Iran uh, and he, he would have almost definitely been executed. So the human acts right mm. apply to him and he avoided deportation and remained free in the UK. He lives in Peckham, South London, under a new identity, probably paid for by you and me and everybody else that's in the UK listening, taxpayer. Unbelievable, isn't it? Human rights protected him, man. <laughs> yeah, but he he's allowed to take everyone else's human rights. But yeah, yeah. He's allowed to traumatise people for life yeah. and put f- over 50 people at risk. There, there should be a law on that. As soon as you take someone else's human rights, they can take yours. We violated theirs, we violate yours. Yeah. After the raid, all hostages were taken to hospital. Most were fine. There was a few that were shot, but they all lived in shock, gassed, you know, disorientated because they had flashbangs going off by the head, but they'll live, just mm-hmm. superficial. The SAS went back to the Regent's Park barracks for a debrief. They celebrated with a few beers and then watched the snooker. 
as you do. Uh, Margaret Thatcher came in to say thanks with the husband. She had tears in her eyes. I mean, she really, really fucking loved the SAS. Yeah, yeah. Um, they put the news on and saw themselves carrying out the raid. I think it was actually interrupted. I think the, the snooker was interrupted. Um, and the bit that they saw was the balcony scene. Yeah. And the Macalise, he was the blokey, but he was like, that's me. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. He didn't know that that had been filmed. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he didn't realise. And he was trying to see the screen and he couldn't, there was somebody in front of it and he went, move your fucking head. And it was, and Thatcher turned around and went, oh, I'm sorry. So I just, she didn't say anything. Yeah, she yeah, just yeah, got yeah, the fuck yeah. out of the way. Apparently it pissed the SAS off seeing themselves on TV. Yeah. Because the, um, the smoke bombing of the front of the building was changed at the last minute on Thatcher's orders. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know that. Oh, right. Okay. They thought it'd been smoke bombed. I don't know whether they didn't notice it because of the heat of the battle or whatever, but um, when the explosion goes off, there's a fucking load of smoke. But yeah, they didn't know. They weren't very happy. Um, So yeah, after the debrief, they they headed back to Hereford. They stopped at a greasy spoon calf on the way and within seven hours, they were back at the barracks. Job fucking done. Yeah. The Iran- High fives all around. Yeah, yeah. Ameri- Americans Stopped with a, gre- a greasy spoon calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just killed the yeah, Fat terrorists. Larry's calf or something. <laughs> yeah. The Iranian government said well done to the UK. Um, the stance we took on terrorists shows, you know, how we're going to treat anyone that mm-hmm. tries to do it. And we will, if it happens again, that's exactly what they'll do. Mm-hmm. But it will be more ferocity now because we've learned. Now, the embassy was battered. It was repaired and eventually opened in 1999. The SAS called £2 million of damage in 11 minutes, right? Yeah. Because Iran owned it, they said that the uh, armed services, more specifically, the SAS have got to repair it because they, they trashed it. They've got to foot the bill. Now, Thatcher resisted. Yeah, I'd, I'd tell them to fuck off. I'd go, you know, what were they doing in our country? Being terrorists, you should foot, put, back the bill. But the thing is, she did resist, right? Yeah, yeah. And they said, okay, we're going to take you to court. And she was advised, if this goes to court, potential secrets from the raid and how the SAS operate will become, well, they'll be scrutinised, potentially coming public. And she was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll pay. And then she just paid it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Done. And that it's was mad. that. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? That's their job. Yeah, they that, do that for a living. Yeah, and they do that all the time in different situations. It could be in jungles. It could be... Like, I don't know, a, fav- a favela, a favela yeah. or something like that, or if you're in a, a massive hotel or an embassy or whatever. They're kind of like unspoken heroes because it's so sort of secret and covert. It is, but it was a complete You'd fuck up in a way as well. It was it was successful, but a fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a lot of things which went wrong, as in, Geezer got tied up yeah. on the way down. Ever fella put his foot through the window, <laughs> right? Bombs um, didn't go off at once. Yeah. Um, he ex- they executed those people, probably shouldn't have, but factious orders, like I say. Um, terrorists were in the queue of being put down as hostages. Okay, they got sorted them out, but still, you know what I mean? Mm. So, I suppose the plan but is... But it was done. It's a job done, but not done, like... Not complete. done, it, it wasn't, it didn't go exactly not as Not that I'm moaning wanted. or anything, I'm just no. saying, I'm just saying. Come on, lad, fix it. Yeah, yeah. Like, shit. It, it didn't go exactly, I mean, like a plan, that's like, if it goes right, this is what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but it's fluid. Shit's yeah, it's going to change. It's never going to be right, though, is it? There's always going to be shit going off because it's it's a war situation basically that's why in a lot of their training and recruitment they teach them to think independently and not follow orders like okay this is what we want you to do but if if you have to you can do what you think you need to do because we At trust you yeah, to yeah. be able to make a judgement because you're trained to the highest level yeah. so that's what they did <laughs> crazy don't fuck with the SAS yeah. man they will they will get dead in 11 minutes I will find you and I will kill you <laughs> Liam ne- Neeson is it yeah. a racist bastard yeah I wonder what's happened to his acting career. That would be gone now, won't it? I don't know. I reckon them comments made him made the people go and watch his film. Bit of publicity. 
bit last bit of cash people forget don't mm. they yeah yeah so that's the uh, that was operation nimrod yes good old nimrod like i say the there is a few not renditions but some details vary so i scoped quite a lot of different resources out and uh found that this is sort of the most agreed pattern of events yeah, on yeah. how we get the, get in and get out. I don't think that even the most comprehensive, um, you know, book written by the lads that were in there themselves actually tells you what happened. Not They're fully, not going to yeah. tell you. Yeah, yeah. It just gives you a rough idea. It's <laughs> a lot of uh, using your own mind. Uh, yeah, kill them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matches orders. Yeah, I wouldn't keep surprised if they all surrendered. So that's that then. So, um, yeah. get very us, good. Get us on the social media. Yeah. Just type in Google. Just type in. No, don't type in Google. Type Go in to Google. Google to Robots for Eyes. And type in Robots for Eyes. Buy a t shirt. Yeah, buy a t shirt. Go to Patreon in. if you can be bothered. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you next week, slags. Yeah, have a good one. <laughs>